0: And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. What if Mars has water on it because we used to live there and we messed up the climate so badly that we had to send an escape pod to Earth with only Adam and Eve in it and the pod was the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs? Welcome to Chewing the Fat. Okay, so I didn't think of that, but uh, <laughs> I love the what if, because uh, really, underneath that it just should have been, think about it, <laughs> what if uh, Mars has water on it, because we used to live there, and then we messed up the climate so badly, or something else happened, and we had to escape from the planet, and we put two people in a pod we'll call him adam and eve and uh the pod was the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs i mean seriously think about it so if you're listening live today is friday the 13th so that means i have to talk about the kinderhook creature to the author of The Kinderhook Creature and Beyond, uh, Kinderhook residents, Kinderhook is in New York, uh, upstate New York. Uh, According to the author, residents should be familiar with spooky tales of headless horsemen, ghosts, and fairies. But in the 80s, the town became the home of a new type of fright. The Kinderhook Creature. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Coast to Coast, you know, chewing the fat, Coast to Coast. Uh, sightings uh, in, by locals in, uh, in Kinderhook uh, claim that this creature tormented the residents with screeching that even sounded like a pterodactyl okay well i wanted to stop right there in the story because do we honestly know what a pterodactyl sounded like uh i think not and they get this because they interviewed this lady from kinderhood and she and her mother has a tape deck recording of the Kinderhook creature, and it is awesome. But while she's talking in the trailer about what happened 40 years ago, she mentions, "Oh, it even sounded like a pterodactyl." And uh, I, I, I actually, I was home and I stopped the video. i was like, "Wait a minute! How do we know?" I mean, we we kind of guess that we know what a mummy sounds like because they found the vocal bone. But the only thing, I mean, we have Jurassic Park that lets us think about what a a pterodactyl would sound like, right? I mean, that's the only thing that we have. And I was looking online to see if we actually have pterodactyl sound. Now, this guy, Mark Nias, has his version of what a pterodactyl sounds like. I mean, that's his version. So if that's what a pterodactyl sounds like, then hopefully when listening to this recording on a cassette deck and a handheld cassette player in Kinderhook, New York from 40 years ago, that's the sound we're gonna hear. So let's go to the living room.
1: I'm Susan Hollenbeck and I live here. My mother and I taped the noises and uh heard noises for quite a while over that one summer, I think it was about like 82 and again in an
2: 88. 82 was a variety of strange noises, like uh, sometimes it would sound like a pig, squealing, and other times it would sound like a giant bird, like a pterodactyl or something. Yeah, like and, a pterodactyl um, or something. Sometimes you know. it would sound almost like Every a Every time you hear
1: a bird, you think um, a pterodactyl. There was also, I think it was when we made the tape, if I'm not mistaken, that my father oh. went over across the road with a shotgun trying to see if he could see anything, and he said he saw something with red eyes. Oh, Something no. that he saw with red eyes, and he said there aren't really any animals native to this area that have red eyes. So...
0: What, wait? That is
1: part of it. It still plays. Right. Pl- oh, you have
0: oh, the original good. one? Is that in there? Oh, okay. Even better then. Excellent. Mom's got it. the right. tape player out. New batteries. oh Here we go. Oh, wait. The kinderhook creature. I did. Well, I was trying to turn it up. The kinderhook creature. Oh! Oh, my gosh. Okay. So while i will say that that's scary and i got goosebumps um i didn't hear anything resembling a pterodactyl on that tape but you know they they, they didn't catch it that was a different time when the kinderhook creature sounded like a pterodactyl now according to the cousin of this family uh, who's been trapping in the swamplands behind Hallenbeck's home there in Kinderhook for years, forever. He uh, was fishing once and saw creatures across the creek while he was out there. So if you are anywhere near Kinderhook, and I guess there's uh, there's actually uh, a book, and I should try to reach out and talk to Bruce Hallenbeck to find out more on the Kinderhook creature this is coast to coast AM. <laughs> all right all right i mean we do know that according to national security agencies and we trust every national security agency out there that uh, hundreds of new reports of UFOs, including many that appear to perform maneuvers that are highly advanced. The nation's top intelligence officer reported that in total, 510 unidentified aerial phenomenon observed in protected airspace or near-sensitive facilities have been compiled as of August of last year. So... We'd almost want to play the coast-to-coast Coast music again. 510 unidentified aerial phenomena. Since August of last year, they're everywhere. Even here in the high desert. From Paroke, Nevada. This was coast-to-coast AF. Ha! Oh, all right this time i mean it It'll stop no seriously so we do have some breaking news uh today on chewing the fat while we're recording this show those of you listening uh live it is the uh, 13th friday the 13th uh 2023 now i've had one story that ties into the breaking news for quite a while, and I just have let it go, uh, was Kim Kardashian breaking down in tears (laughs) over how hard it's been co-parenting with Ye. It's been so difficult. I have to schedule the nannies and the maids, and I have to find out when the housekeeper is going to be there to keep the house clean after Yay shows up and plays with the kids, and then I've got to make sure that the, the nanny gets them to school on time. <laughs> it's been just so hard. Uh, I don't think people realize how hard it's been. co-parenting with yay i want to try to make their life as normal as possible but it's so difficult (laughs) well we have breaking news today that yay just got married. he tied the knot congratulations yay he's back in love again uh he ties the knot with a yeezy designer so she was working with him oh yeah Hey, doesn't this look good? Don't you think this would be good to sell as a Yeezy brand? And uh, congratulations! Uh, so after they're completely divorced, him and Kim, him and Kim. Uh, so and she looks, uh, she looks uh, kind of like Kim, actually. <laughs> uh, she kind of looks like Kim, so she's definitely uh you know the feel good bounce back yeah you can be my wife and you know how crazy i am and and you'll be with me and the kids know you the kids know you've been around you've been designing stuff when the kids are there and now we can try to make things you know easier for (laughs) Uh, trying to co-parent with the kids after divorce so congratulations to yay for uh, getting married we'll see how long this Particular marriage lasts. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately.
2: <laughs>
0: I mean, we might as well congratulate Harry uh, on his uh, on his book sales. Incredible! Uh, his book, Spare. Uh, 410 page memoir sold 1.4 million copies in its first day on shelves, setting a first day non-fiction sales record for Penguin Random House. Uh, they claim that the other Harry, we talked about this uh, the other day uh, Harry Potter the other Harry Potter books have uh, logged larger first day sales. So he's got a huge media blitz around the book. And uh, we also know that he's been you know, doing all the interviews. We talked about all the different interviews that he's done. It's kind of agonizing. But uh, we also talked about the audio version of the book and how good we thought it would be. Well, it's even better than we had anticipated. Now, we know now that he talked about being uh, frostbitten. On his face and his ears And his Well he calls it Todger And he talked Obviously he wrote about it in the book You can't do a book without talking about You know having your Todger Frost bit And so uh, Someone purchased the audio copy I did not Yet And uh, this is uh, Harry uh, In his own voice His own words Telling you Exactly what happened after he, you know, had frostbite on his man part. My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. Right. The last place I wanted to be was Frostnipistan. <laughs> I'd been trying some home remedies, including one recommended by a friend. She'd urged me to apply Elizabeth Arden cream. I love Elizabeth My mum used that on her lips. Right. You want me to put that on my todger? It works, Harry. Trust me. I found a tube, and the minute I opened it, the smell transported me through time. I felt as if my mother was right there in the room. Then I took a smudge and applied it down there. My penis was oscillating between extremely sensitive and borderline traumatized. The last place I wanted no. to be was Frostnippers down. Okay, that's, I mean, there's no doubt about that. That's the last place we wanted you to be too, Harry. But I'm glad you're okay. Now, I will say this, and this is, you know, this is just me being serious, and I know I try not to be serious about all things, but sometimes you have to be serious about things. And so I just want you to know, personally, that I have never opened a tube of lube, I, I mean, cream, and smelled it and thought of my mother and then rubbed it on my Todger. I know. I know I maybe it, I guess it's just me, but i have I have never done that, so I'm glad he's okay. I guess he's okay. I mean he's fathered a few kids now. Megan's fond of saying oh, I was watching that stupid Netflix show of them, and uh I told you I told you before on some earlier show that I was watching it, but oh my gosh, it's just you know Megan is just uh, you know what that's my review of the Harry and Megan netflix show megan is just no that's it megan is just hey i see where ben affleck uh you know him you love him uh was uh working at uh some dunkin donuts for the day in massachusetts he's a big dunkin donuts fan I mean, that's where he rammed his car smoked you know we caught him smoking butts and hitting the drive-through sign and he goes to duncan all the time because they have one in la and he loves it and apparently, he was working the drive-thru. Uh, he was grabbing people's orders. And when I first saw the headline, I'm like, well, he better have been paying for everybody's orders. It's Ben Affleck. I mean, it's cute that he's working the drive-thru. But how about you get a little love and pay for what everybody's ordering? And that's what he was doing. People were coming through the drive-thru. They'd pitch their order. And then he would give them their money back and give them their order. I love that love that now it talks about how he was having fun with people and he was often seen drinking Duncan he loves it and he just feels like he's spreading the word because he loves Duncan so much I don't know if he is actual an actual corporate investor or not I wouldn't be surprised that he is a you know for sure a Duncan corporate investor but uh I was it doesn't say in this story what the number one question to Ben was while because there's photos of him, you know, enjoying Duncan coffee, there's photos of him working the drive through in Massachusetts, but it doesn't say he was quick witted and funny and he was just serving as an employee for the day. That must be nice. That must be nice when you know what? I'm gonna go pretend I'm a low life drive through work, not that all drive through workers are low life, especially you people working for Duncan. That was just a joke, okay? Working the drive through, I'm gonna bring myself down to that level. Thanks Ben But I'm sure the number one question is Where be J-Lo at Hello Oh oh my gosh Uh, Thank you you're giving my money back and my coffee Who are you I'm I'm Ben Affleck Where be (laughs) J-Lo I I won two Academy Awards Where be J-Lo Yeah no I was was Batman And I'm looking to be Batman again Oh that's great Thank you for buying my coffee today Where be J-Lo That's what everybody wanted to know He's probably so mad at the end of the day. All he wanted to do was go out back and smoke a butt with the dishwasher at Dunkin'. And I'm sure when he was out back smoking a butt, he was thinking about uh, going to Disney. And then he thought, eh, well, I go to Disney. Well, uh, hello, uh, Disney park lovers. Uh, apparently, your complaints on high prices have reached Mickey's ears. And Disney wants you to know that they still care about you. You. You the fan of the disney parks so people were really you know upset over the last time that disney was raising prices to the parks and so disney this is their press release has worked some magic to help guests pay less oh really i mean are they lowering the ticket prices to get in the park well no we're not doing that (laughs) what are you out of your mind uh we're gonna stop charging for overnight parking. <laughs> Now I like I'm a fan of Disney and I've been there a bunch. I've stayed at Universal Studios. We used to broadcast from Universal Studios and we would stay at the park. They've been wonderful to me personally and my family and I love staying at the park and I love the idea of staying at the park and then you don't have to leave. You're just there, you know, and I realize it's expensive and and at the time you feel like why am I spending this money? But in the end it's worth it cuz you don't have to leave the park and you're just there forever. But I find this really, really funny that this huge corporation feels that people are pissed. People are pissed; they're paying too much money. What can we do to make them feel better? You know, we could stop charging. Par- stop charging uh, for parking overnight. They can park. <laughs> okay, boy, thanks. That says a lot. So, Disney World annual pass holders. Come to parks on weekday afternoons without a reservation, and expand the number of days lower cost tickets are available to Disneyland. So they did a little bit more than to stop charging for overnight parking. Uh, if you're an annual pass holder, you can come to the park weekday afternoons without a reservation. You don't have to call; you just show up. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna expand the days of lower-cost tickets for Disneyland. We'll give you a few more days during the year when the tickets will be a little bit lower. Oh, that is so dumb. And Disney is coming right back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We live in very strange times. Like, uh, for instance, you watch the show Succession on HBO. I love it. Uh, I know is there a show you don't love well yeah there is but i like succession and uh by the way when is the when is the new season of succession do we know that i we they claim that we're going to get uh in the spring of this year so two or three months they'll probably get pushed back though so at least sometime this year we're going to get the new season of succession love that okay that makes me that makes me feel a little bit better they're actually out filming doing some work Because uh, Bernard Arnault, the richest guy in the world, uh, well, the richest person, I'm sorry, whoa, whoa. I apologize, he's the richest person in the world, CEO of LVMH, uh, named his daughter, because he's the richest, remember, uh, Elon was number one for a while, Uh, he got knocked down, and uh, Bezos was number one now, they're all knocked down, Bernard Arnault is number one now. And uh, he <laughs> he just named his daughter, uh, CEO of the fashion house Dior, setting up a sibling battle for a succession of his company. So real life against make-believe or is make-believe real life, you decide.. <laughs> I hold in my hands, my grubby hands, a brand new novel by Brad Meltzer, along with Josh Mintz, The Nazi Conspiracy, The Secret Plot to Kill Roosevelt, Stalin, and Churchill. And you see the title, and I thought, ah, oh, another Nazi book. But it's not another Nazi book at all. It's actually a fun read. I enjoyed the heck out of it. And you lay the groundwork uh it's a history lesson brad melter joins me here on chewing the fat today brad welcome to the show how are you
1: i'm good i miss you i'm happy to be back
0: it's, it's so good to talk to you again i i uh, have a couple of things to talk to you outside of the novel as well but uh first we'll get to the nazi conspiracy i really did enjoy it the history lesson is amazing and the conspiracy to you know kill stalin and churchill and Roosevelt, uh, you know, you're going to tell me whether it's, you know, actually true or not, right?
1: The whole book is true. That's the thing. Everyone thinks because I write thrillers, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> fiction. <laughs> this is a true story. It's nonfiction. There's 30 pages of, of, you know, details and notes and sources in the back of this book. Yeah. And, uh, and either, you, you know, they almost murdered Churchill and Stalin and Roosevelt at the height of World War II Or Joseph Stalin pulled off one of the greatest scams in American history and world history and tricked. FDR and Churchill in ways that arguably changed all of the World War. So either way, that is a story worth telling, and it is a true story, which I just, I love that fact.
0: Absolutely. The, the groundwork you lay uh, and the history lesson was uh, just an amazing read. It made you realize, uh, and I don't know uh, if you actually realized it yourself while you're writing it, uh, while so much has changed uh, in our lives, uh, the gathering information, how we know things, uh, what happens around the world. And yet it's still kind of the same. I mean, it's kind of, you know, the same kind of secret bad guys are still out there.
1: Listen, it's 2023. And all you gotta do is look at Charlottesville. we're still fighting Nazis. Right. And uh, to me, that's where we're having a problem. Um, you know, when, when Josh mentioned I as my co-writer in, on the book, we're researching the book. One of the things we said is, okay, we know the the plot of the book is the secret plot for the Nazis to kill FDR and Churchill and Stalin. <laughs> right. That's obviously the titillating thing to say, but the reality is what we always say is, what's the book really about? And the book really is about how history repeats and we see those same lessons if you don't use your voice you see someone you know getting picked on if you don't use your voice you're going to live and repeat it yeah no question about that so i
0: will say that it made me uh realize and I, and and i probably shouldn't i don't want to feel this way but it made me dislike the japanese and the nazis all over again uh, so right. uh, I mean,
1: listen. Uh, when when I, when you have a book where, where they're attacking us in Pearl Harbor and trying to murder us uh, in every country that we fight in, it's hard not to hate Nazis here. Um, and and I think you know one of the things you're seeing, Jeffy, is the sheer number uh, we tried to put into the book, just that sheer loss and 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 what those oh Nazis gosh, were up yeah. to. I think I think my favorite story in the whole book, one of them, is this guy Otto Skorzeny who's a Nazi. i never heard of this guy's That's name. a fantastic story. Right. So let's talk. I won't ruin the ending of it, but, but Otto Skorzeny gets summoned by Hitler to his Wolf which is what they literally call Hitler's private headquarters. And Hitler brings in his top military special operations guys, and he lines them up in the Wolf shoulder to shoulder, and he gives him a quiz with this question. He says, what do you think of Italy? And all the Nazi, you know, special ops guys are like, oh, we'll fight with them. They're on our side. We know. Yeah. And, and one of them Otto and he shouts over everybody and says, I am from Austria, my Fuhrer. And it's a gamble by him because he knows Adolf Hitler is from Austria. And true Austrians have great resentment to Italy because in World War I, Italy took a key piece of Austria and never gave it back. And Adolf Hitler in that moment turns to Otto Skorzeny, That's my guy and he's like you're my guy That's and he puts right. him on a secret he puts him on a secret mission and I know you know this but he I won't ruin it what it is cuz it's too fun to see but he puts him on a secret mission that is so crazy and you'll see Nazis falling from the sky with like they anticipate an 80% casualty rate and they're still going like a mission impossible movie Josh and I, when we wrote the book, Josh mentioned I, we talked to my editor and I, and we both decided we need to put real photographs in the book of this moment, because if we don't, no one will believe that this actually took place. And you can see, I know you saw him, you saw the pictures of what he was doing on this secret mission. And it is just the most wild Nazi story you've never heard in your life.
0: I'm so happy you mentioned that because I, as I'm reading that, I'm thinking, this should just be a movie in and of itself that, that, oh, whole, yeah. no, that I mean, whole that whole story yeah, is incredible and I I was sitting with my father-in-law who's a history buff as well and I, I, I'm talking to him about the book and he's going oh yeah that's that Otto guy and he knows the whole story it's amazing I was like be you gotta be a
1: you got be a, I, I never heard the story and I'm a I think I'm a pretty good you know mark for what you know what people right. know and don't know And I was like, I don't know this story, and this story is going in the book, man, man, because it's so crazy. And that's the thing, the Nazis that we put in the book, you know, there's there's this Franz Mayer, you know, who's this uh, Nazi who's sleeping with a woman – there's the guy on the ground right. in Tehran. He's sleeping with a woman. The woman's sleeping with the GI. So he's whispering secrets in her ear. She's telling him right back to us. I'm like, I can't make this up. Okay. It's two bananas. And And, you know, again, I know we all know FDR and we know Winston Churchill and we know, you know, Stalin. But what I love about the Nazi conspiracy is these smaller players that you've never heard of have just as important a role to play. And it's just, you know, to me, the incredible part of the story.
0: It was it, It's an amazing read. It was so much fun. Do we know for sure, and I'm going to spoil this part of the book for people listening, uh, uh, the uh, Nazi conspiracy. Do we know for sure that Winston Churchill was naked in the White House? I mean, where people actually saw. He wasn't by himself uh, in a room.
1: Listen, I I reported it the way we saw it. The proof was is they saw him naked. And and let's just talk about this. Let's ruin this great scene because it's so good. Is Winston Churchill used to take a bath every day? That was just his ritual. He had a bath, and he you know and, and and he comes to the White House after Pearl Harbor, and he takes a bath. And and FDR and his, his aide walk in on him. He's naked when they open the door because he's you know he they put gave a room to him in the White House. And Winston Churchill says, looks at FDR and he's like. The Prime Minister of Great Britain has nothing to hide from the President of the United States. That is a documented fact. And what I love about that is if I ever get caught naked, that is what I'm going to say. That's the best, like, lying if you're ever caught naked that you should say.
0: Absolutely. It was, it was so funny. Anyway, uh, I know you're up against the uh, up against the world, and I wanted to uh, talk to you here on the first week because the book is out now, right? I can get it anywhere. I don't have to pre-order it from bradmelzer.com. It's everywhere no, now, right?
1: It is everywhere. You can download it on your Kindle. You can get download it on Audible. The audio book is there, and you can get the hardcover in any bookstore, Amazon, or your local bookseller. And listen, if you know someone who loves history, or you love history. This is the gift. Because, you know, and, and, you know, this is the moment where, you know, it, I'll say one thing. It, it opens up with FDR coming to the meeting to meet Stalin and Churchill. His motorcade is coming to town in Tehran, Iran of all places. Everyone's cheering and they're looking to see the president's motorcade. But as if you really went inside the motorcade, FDR is not there. It's actually a Secret Service decoy who's there. And the real FDR is across town. Duck down in the back of a beat-up sedan, and he's hiding because he's worried that there's a Nazi assassin trying to kill him. I just ruined chapter one of the Nazi conspiracy, <laughs> but that's chapter one for you. That's free on me.
0: And then I also noticed that as we're going back in history and we're talking about things in history, we're still using uh, uh, we're still using today's comments because I see where we're talking about uh, Roosevelt being uh, differently abled. Uh, instead of uh, just handicapped, so uh, that's all. I'm just-
1: I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny. I didn't even. Ca- I don't even think I real. I mean, the thing that I love about the Roosevelt scene with him, where you know, obviously, is right after Pearl Harbor, and it's this moment where he has to give the speech to, in front of yeah. Congress, and you, usually they wheel him up on a wheelchair, someone carries him, maybe, and in this moment, in this moment, one of the things he does. Is he says I'm doing it myself.
0: He has to, and he yeah. takes he
1: takes his his you know his his hand crutches, and he, he literally wills himself to his feet, drags the dead weight of his legs behind him as he makes his way up there. And this is the moment where he, of course, says that December seventh, nineteen forty-one, is a date that will which will live in infamy. If you look up the video on YouTube of him giving the speech, you'll see he never makes he doesn't use hand motions to accentuate his points like a normal politician. And he hold himself up. He's. Physically willing himself to stand and hold yeah. himself up. And the yeah. only thing he moves is his head because that's what he uses to, of course, accentuate different points. And I just love the fact that you get to see this man and everything he's doing for the country at this moment where we need him. And, and listen, great leaders, the best presidents are not the ones who have the best speeches or who make the best promises. They're the ones who want a disaster strikes like World War II that they can step up. And pivot and adjust that's who makes that's why lincoln is one of the best presidents. that's why george washington is one of the best presidents there are people who when the disaster hits they can absolutely adjust to it and fdr is the man for this moment in time
0: the latest book by brad meltzer along with josh mensch the nazi conspiracy the secret plot to kill roosevelt stalin and churchill i know you're up against the clock at some point i'm gonna have to talk to you about letting your daughter Uh, go to the Penn State instead of going to your alma mater the University of Michigan but I'll let that slide for now
1: (laughs) I love you for it man thank you so much for doing this
0: So who died today? Who died today? Lisa Marie Presley, 54. Rest in peace. She was at home. Uh, They found her. Hubby, I guess, was giving her CPR prior to uh, the paramedics getting there. Uh, they determined once the paramedics were there that there were signs of life they rushed her to the hospital i saw the report that they had rushed her to the hospital that she had a cardiac event and then they said that she was alive and on a pacemaker and then nope never mind she's dead i mean just incredible incredible and don't forget (laughs) don't you dare look at me and you looking at me right now thinking oh it's another one of those cardiac arrests caused from you know the thing <laughs> no don't do it don't think that i mean amazingly you think about uh uh damar hamlin right with his cardiac event they said what saved his life was the reaction they were being so close in top medical care there on the football field so alisa marie didn't have that right she had a cardiac event the arrest a cardiac arrest and her hubby tried to give her cpr once he found her and then it took uh i think nine minutes they said or something like that before the uh paramedics arrived so you had that amount of time that's the amount of time that's what they couldn't do it after that amazing so sad so sad and uh, you know we talked about this this is (laughs) (laughs) this is going down a road i didn't plan on going down but earlier after demar havin we talked about if this were to happen again on an nfl field the nfl it might hurt the nfl uh as far as people wanting to close it down and stuff but that may still be kind of true but i think that if it happens again now um on an nfl field let's say that it does happen on the playoffs This is an example. Let's just say someone else has a cardiac arrest, a cardiac event on the football field during the playoffs. I think that opens up the door to actually look at, you know, that might be the thing that's causing this. And instead of not being able to talk about it, uh, we'd be able to talk about it and, uh, you know, it would help for people to realize Well, it's probably probably because of the thing. You know what I'm saying? Lisa Marie Presley. Dead. At the age of 54. Rest in peace. Be sure to follow me on Twitter, at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can always email the show, the at com. You can follow me on uh, my YouTube page, uh, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher, as well. And if you want to, you know, you got a couple of bucks, you want to send somebody a mean thought or a friendly thought, you can always order a cameo, because that's not free, uh, at JeffyJFR as well. So I'm guessing I may or may not be here on Monday. Uh, Mega Millions drawing tonight is uh, $1.35 billion Uh, cash payout don't don't shake your head don't shake your head like oh my gosh he's he's talking like he's going to win the lottery again yeah I am okay so I could get $707.9 million cash payout from the Mega Millions drawing tonight okay and if I don't win that well I got an email yesterday uh, under the heading, uh, awaiting your response. So, I'm I'm awaiting the Mega Millions drawing to respond to this email. And the email is from Mr. Long Chi, or Chai. We'll say Chi. How about we go with Chi? Mr. Long C-H-I. We'll go with Chi. Please, I would like you to keep this proposal as a top secret. Oh, boy. I've already ruined it all right well i'm just sharing it with you don't worry about it i would like you to keep this proposal as a top secret and delete it if you are not interested and get back to me if you are interested for details as regard to the transfer of 26 million dollars to you hello yes now that's the way it's worded so i'm not sure mr chi might it might be a language barrier kind of thing uh this money initially belongs to a syria client who died in the Syria crisis and had no next of kin in his account opening package in my bank here in Hong Kong, where I'm a bank director. In other to achieve this, I shall require your full name and telephone number to reach you. Most importantly, a confirmation of acceptance from you will be needed after which I shall furnish you with the full details of this transaction. Please reply to me here and he gives me a separate email. Yours truly, Long Chi. So either way, I mean if I don't hit the Mega I mean mean. me and Chi could be friends. Twenty six million. Guy in Syria who's dead. I mean, guy in Syria is dead. Long Chi is in Hong Kong. Does guy doesn't know what to do with the bank account. I mean I'm here. I'm in. All I gotta do is give him all my information. <laughs> and then I can await his response. <laughs> Which I'm sure will be. Hey, here's your money. <laughs> here's your money it's all yours 26 million it's all yours fat man (laughs) Uh. i mean these emails have to work right they have to because they keep coming somebody's got to be responding to them and i want too bad i want too bad just in case but it's like seeing something on the side of the road like uh, you see a suitcase on the side of the road you have to stop you drive by and you see the suitcase on the side of the road you can't just let it go There might be something in there it might not be the homeless guy's underwear and socks it might be money it might be drugs or the homeless guy's socks and underwear you don't know that but you can't just pass it by at least i can anyway that's why these emails are so difficult for me but wish me luck okay uh let's see Uh, First of all, thanks for listening to Chewing the Fat. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for listening to Pat Gray Unleashed, as I'm a part of that program, uh, at least twice a week, Wednesday and Friday. Uh, thanks for listening to Mojo Five O on Thursday mornings when I do a segment. The rest of the time, I don't care if you listen to Mojo Five O or not. Uh, at Mojo Five O No, don't. I don't care about that. Just Thursdays, though. Thursday mornings. But did you see where actress Chloe Sherry, uh, She is in the show Euphoria. And she was on a podcast with Emily Ratajkowski. Now, immediately you say to yourself, boy, I bet you that podcast was good. Huh? Well, it was even better than that. I mean, it was fantastic. Now, Sherry claims that she was respected far more and was safer working in pornography than she was when she worked as a waitress, which she said was traumatic now i listened to the audio clips that were made available i don't know if this is the entire podcast if this is the way the podcast is done because it's broken up into uh the the clip is like six or seven minutes long but each little section there's like two or three minute sections in there between chloe and emily and I, i would just use the word fascinating
2: I remember being in like third grade and being obsessed with Paris Hilton and wanting to be like her like that makes no sense at all like how could you even be anything like a Paris Hilton when you're in third grade I was trying to be like her and like we would like watch the show and like oh watch like the the one the other one with like holly madison and stuff like um the girls next door like all those shows and like all i wanted to be was like a bimbo from the time i was like seven or eight like it's crazy like just because of tv and like what they would show on tv and what they would show in magazines as being good and like it just made me just want to be that more than anything in the world like i just wanted to be like hot and just dumb and like just you know like a bimbo
0: (laughs) okay stop I just stop right there. All right, that segment alone. All right, I believe in that segment alone. We had five, ten, fourteen likes. Maybe it was fifteen. They both throw in a like every now and then that they slide in, and I admit, I mean, it's it's. <laughs> I'm paying. I'm paying now. This now I'm gonna play this next segment. Pay attention to the likes. Okay. Because well you're gonna be tested at the end. All right, go ahead. All right.
2: There's a point for me where I was like, okay, this isn't just empowering. This isn't just like amazing, but it feels like that's different for you. Like how did you how do you relate to that part of kind of like reflecting on how you've built your career and like your body as a commodity? I I guess at this point I've just back then I didn't realize how lucky I actually was like I really feel like I took it for granted and like didn't realize how lucky I was to be able to do that at all that like it's crazy like this sounds up but like sometimes i'll see like people from that i like went to high school with on like social media and i'll be like whoa that's what a 25 year old looks like because like i'm so used to seeing like you and like or like that i'm like i'm not used to like people in their 20s and 30s looking like that i'm used to them being just like so stunning and like looking just so different and um yeah, I think I just really had no comprehension of how lucky I actually was and like how fortunate I actually was and how unique my situation actually was. Like I don't know if I fully it's really like getting, understand getting that.
1: Basically. Yeah, I never yeah.
2: fully understood like how lucky I actually was to be able to get out based off of that and not like going to some crazy college or like you know doing something with your mind like most people have to do.
0: Okay. Right, so, never mind what they're talking about. <laughs> never mind what they're talking about. Okay. That segment alone. How long was that? Two minutes? Maybe? A minute and a half? Two minutes? We'll give them two minutes. We'll give them two. You know what? I'll give them two and a half minutes. That's the kind of guy I am. You're welcome. Two and a half minutes. Five, 10, 15, 20, 23. 23 likes. Holy cow. I mean, like you know what i'm saying like <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing and i'm sure this has got like 8 billion views because it's chloe and emily and she's talking about being a porn star i think this next segment is her porn star like i don't know if it is or not like but i can't stop li- all i can hear is the likes That's it. i can't even listen to what she's talking about i had to, to read the story because all i can hear is the likes in the story amazingly the printed story doesn't have all the likes huh all right so is this the last segment i think we're gonna make it to the last segment because i don't know that i can make it through another like segment but all right one more one more chloe and emily segment on the emily ratkowski podcast that's I guess it's called high low. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I mean, it's great. What am I saying? I really like high low.
2: In sex work in general, like being on cam or something like that, like that was the only kind of day that I could get through. Like I couldn't get through a day working as a waitress. Like I literally could not make it through the day. I couldn't make it through the day working in office. I couldn't make it through the day doing anything other than sex work. Do you think it was like the performance and the like what about it? Yeah, I think it was the fact that it was like a performance and the fact that like your whole
0: goal
2: in it is just
0: okay. I can't make fun of it while well, it's on because I'm listening for these damn likes. Okay, I want to make fun of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I really enjoyed the porn business. And I liked, you know, being on the sofa and not thinking about getting rammed because I didn't there was nothing personal and it was just happening in my life, you know i can't even do relationships like anymore because you know who knows i don't know if he likes me if he doesn't like me that's why i like porn you just go in you do it and you leave that's what i like okay i like i like to my boyfriend who's been with me for a while because i just call him up and i say hey come over and do me and he does (laughs) Uh, okay so I think we're at five, right at this segment. I think we're at, we're already at five, and, and I'll stop talking because I have to th- I have to listen for the likes. Okay, sorry, go ahead.
2: Making someone come, and it's not like my whole goal is to like serve five hundred people in this night, and I'm a cocktail waitress. That I can't accomplish that, but like to make one person, I can accomplish that you know like and i just heavily yeah way I rather like. do that than like what what it was like to be a waitress was like so f- traumatizing like my boss was <laughs> so f- creepy he was like a l- actual sexual predator like nobody in porn's a registered sex offender nobody right and like but like dudes that works at restaurants so you basically are. felt safer working in porn yeah so much safer working in porn than in a restaurant because in porn it was like this is what we're gonna do today there wasn't like then the this random guy comes up to you and tries to touch you none of that ever happened to me like there was no like oh then now this guy is trying to have sex with you like none of that ever happened like everyone was just completely consensual and like i don't know like it was just so i just felt so much more respected there than in a restaurant
0: okay 5, 10, 15, 18 times. And I think I missed them because I was making fun and laughing. And they slip them in. They slip them in. They sneak in the likes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. It's good that she was influenced by Kim Kardashian as a child and just wanted to grow up to be a bimbo. Congratulations, Chloe. Pretty sure you did that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) bimbo-like.